0: Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird.
1: I'm Lisa Plain.
0: Today, we're joined by Betty Kempa talking about facing fear when going after your dream job. Betty is one of the industry's top career change strategists. She specializes in helping mid to senior level corporate women transition out of unfulfilling jobs and into careers they love using her five-step career bliss coaching formula. Her clientele includes executive women from companies such as Google, Sephora, PayPal, Workday, and numerous other Fortune 500 companies. She's currently focused on helping corporate professionals exit their nine to five and build a successful coaching business using her signature five C's of building a six figure coaching business method. She joins us today from Denver, Colorado. Betty, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast.
2: Hey guys, so glad to be here.
0: Totally. I'm so
2: excited to have you.
0: Yes three IPEC grads uniting for a call together.
2: Oh gosh, that yes. is so cool. I lo- now we're <laughs> speaking the same language.
0: Totally. Yes. Exactly. So you're a coach and you work with some pretty serious professionals and they're usually looking to land roles that excite them. And I'd love to know how did you arrive at that point in your career now that you're this coach who does that?
2: yeah i and i love hearing these stories from other people too because it is always so interesting to hear how people ended up where they are so for me um and, and i you guys have probably seen this too like as coaches oftentimes we we are our client mm-hmm. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. right like a couple of years back it's like i was that person um and that is definitely the case for me so you know, before I moved into coaching, um, I was a corporate communications leader um, for well over a decade, and I worked in various industries. I was in um, corporate retail, I was in healthcare for a hot minute, um, and what I what I always. Remember and you have to like stop and think and remember it feels like so long ago um, But it's I remember I always struggled with a case of the shoulds Mm. Um, You know, I majored in communications in college and so it felt like I should Move into a corporate communications career. Um, my dad was a corporate HR executive. I always looked up to him Um, I felt like I should go into some kind of corporate career Right. So I I really followed that, the shoulds. And what I I started to see happening for myself was that I would get settled at a company and I would be telling myself, this is it. This is your dream role. You've made it. And you should be happy here. You should be happy here. Um, But I wouldn't be and something would feel off. I, I would feel like a square peg in a round hole, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And, mm-hmm. and the struggle would be that I would feel unfulfilled, but I'd stay stuck. Cause I didn't know what would make me happy. Um, so I kept, switching companies um and the joke that i would make is that i was really awesome in between jobs (laughs) that's when i would shine right which is so weird you know the interviewing the branding myself um, the negotiating i'd I'd get all pepped up for that and then i'd get the role and it would go downhill so i was i was essentially white knuckling it through my corporate career Um, but it just wore me down it was you know for me it was the politics and work-life balance and you know, toxic corporate cultures, Um, you know, I got laid off. It's just something had to give. And so the way that I transitioned into this is I started um, doing a lot of reading and researching and soul searching trying to figure out how to find my passion. So like literally my bookshelf was like every book about finding your passion. I took every assessment that you could find and I started to notice trends and patterns and for me, all signs pointed to coaching. I mm-hmm. kept seeing that resurface no matter what assessment I took, um, and and that's really the story of how it kind of came to the surface for me. Of yeah, that's that's the post. I didn't even know it existed um, until I did that reading and research. But mm-hmm. that that is what I was meant to do.
0: Cool, I'm. It's a pretty fascinating story, just because it sounds like it was a pretty long journey, and then all of a sudden this like unstoppable force pushing you toward going into coaching, which is amazing. And I would be curious to know, do you feel that's kind of a, is that unstoppable force present for other people that you end up working with as well?
2: Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) You know, I do, I do feel like in a sense, like my analogy is it is kind of like the wizard of Oz. It's like the Ruby red slippers. I was wearing them, okay. right? I, they were there all along. And I see that with my clients too. You're probably wearing the ruby red slippers. You just have to know to click them, right? And it, it was doing that introspection and that deep work. Um, it's not like it poof, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, it just, I had to pull it out of myself. It was always there.
0: Cool, okay.
1: Love that analogy. Yeah, I yeah.
0: like that too. Great visual, okay. We're going to focus our conversation around facing fear, as it says in the title, because there must be some people that are not really feeling that unstoppable force yet until they find those cool slippers. What does it mean to face fear when thinking in the context of pursuing your dream role? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So I guess like what I would say, and I just love this topic too, because it is so it's like, if, if you don't get over the fear, I mean, we, as career coaches, right, like you can give all the resumes, the interview coaching, the prep work, but if you have that fear that's paralyzing you, you're not gonna reach out and grab the brass ring, the dream job. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And, you know, what I would say is, you know, in the context of pursuing your dream role, change is scary. I mean, that part is like a given whether it's about your dream role or not, change is scary, mm-hmm. career change is scary, going after your dream role is scary. And, you know, the fear doesn't just go away. Um, it's not like one day we pop out of bed and and we decide we're going to career change and the fear is gone. Um, you have to really accept the fear is there. Um, and and really the key is that fear is not a red light it's not an indicator to stop which is what i think a lot of people take it to mean fear is a green light fear is a clue that if you're a little bit afraid you're probably on the right path um the the career the dream career um that absolutely terrifies you um is potentially not only the one that you want to do, it's, it's probably the one you are meant to do um, with more power to bring you more fulfillment than you could ever imagine. So what I always tell people is um, with action comes confidence. It's not the other way around. You're not confident and you're all pumped up and you get out of bed and, and then you take action. Action creates confidence
0: we are such big supporters of that belief. We've talked about it a little bit on our show here and there, but it's awesome to have you come in and and really emphasize that. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it it sounds like you're a really great person to be talking about this topic with because you overcame that fear so many times when you were changing roles. So it's great that you have this expertise from going through it yourself and so for the people who are experiencing that fear, why do you think it's so debilitating?
2: You know, yeah, I, you know, and it's different for everybody, right? Like the fear that I feel, you know, I can't put that onto somebody else. We all, it, and that's part of coaching, right? As, as coaches, we come in and we pull out of you, you know, where did that fear come from for you? What's the name of that fear? For you, right mm-hmm. so that's part of coaching is it's for, for me, my fear is going to be different than what it is for you um, but I think just overall, we as a society we've and I keep using these quotation marks to you guys, but I know mm-hmm. this is a podcast we've we've conditioned ourselves um, to tell ourselves, um, again, when I feel fear, that must mean that I have to avoid going in that direction. but the truth is that indifference Indifference is actually the desire to avoid. Um, You know, fear is, fear simply means discomfort with not knowing how to approach something. um, And that part's okay, right? You can feel uncomfortable, feel the fear and still do it anyways. Um, I think also, you know, what I see is people get caught up in worst case scenarios. Like, you know, so it's like, oh, if I go after that dream role, and and i don't make it i'm going to be out on the streets right so it's like you get caught up in worst case scenario thinking and that's really that's the stuff that becomes debilitating um you know fear is also usually attached to fear of failure right so people are afraid to fail so part of you know coaching right is we have to help people reframe that relationship to failure
0: so so true i just Yep. I was like listening to that and being like, that makes total sense for me in my life. And I know that Lisa and I, we both experienced those kinds of conversations with ourselves, with people we've worked with as well. Just that in itself was a green light moment for me. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, to just kind of go back to your beginning point there about all of our fears come from a different place and that it's important to identify that. So, uh, I love that you brought that up. How do you find that fear shows up and what are some of the less obvious signs that fear might be holding you back?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, to your point, to your point, to our point that we keep going back to it, it looks different for everybody. And that's what makes it so sneaky Mm -hmm. um, is you don't even realize that you're caught in fear um, because what it looks like for me could look different for you. Um, Some examples of what I've seen um, that fear could show up, you know, maybe less obvious is procrastination, um, rationalizing, right? Like, oh, you know, I can... can deal with this type of job for a little bit longer so you're rationalizing settling um some sometimes i see fear show up as um, almost like an obsession over needing to know the how Mm -hmm. before proceeding like if i don't know every step i can't i can't move forward um it could show up as excuses it could be self-criticism black or white thinking all or all or nothing thinking definitely avoidance right Mm -hmm. so avoid avoiding moving forward avoiding the topic um avoiding making a decision right and we know that paralysis when people are stuck in that gray area refusing to make a decision um that is your decision right so you're you've made the decision you've decided so that is fear kind of creeping its way in um it's a lot of self-sabotage right it's um You refuse to go after a certain type of role, even though your, your gut and your heart is telling you, you know, it's, you're not listening. Um, Maybe you, you don't show up to, I mean, think of it even from a career coaching point of view. Sometimes when people don't show up for that initial discovery call, it's nothing personal. They're scared. Mm -hmm. They're, they're scared Mm -hmm. to take that. So self-sabotage is definitely where I see fear creeping up.
1: Yeah. That's a really great point. And I think that for our listeners and anyone who's going through a job search, some of these sneaky things that might be keeping you stuck. Now you have a name for it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got to call them out, right. At some point, otherwise they just sort of live in the shadows of our lives, never to be addressed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and like we learned at, at IPEC where we were certified, um, you, you actually do want to give your, your fear or that inner critic or that inner saboteur a name, Mm -hmm. right? So, so when you start to recognize up there, there it is again, I'm doing it, I'm avoiding or I'm, you know, whatever, you know, Hey, Fred, I see you, Fred. Right. And, (laughs) And you're calling your fear out and giving him a name, um, so that you can separate him from just you know, what's going on.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cool. So can you tell us a little bit more about where some of the fears the clients have? Mm -hmm. We know what they might look like, but where do they come from?
2: Yeah. So I have a little story I can tell on that and hopefully it's going to get a little scientific here, but I I feel like, and and I'm no scientist. This is just my superpower of reading and researching, um, and I, I wrote an article on this. Um, but but bear with me because I think when people understand where it comes from, from a scientific point of view, it actually is more comforting in a sense. Cool. So, you know, the way that um, what I've read and what I've studied is that there are two different parts of our brain that are almost playing like a tug of war. With each other, Um, there's the neo-neocortex, which desires personal growth and fulfillment, right? That's the part that's whispering, you know, go after the dream role. And then there is the lizard brain. Then there's the lizard brain, and that's the stuff that keeps us stuck, right? That's 200 million years or whatever, you know, ago. That lizard brain, the reptilian brain, the amygdala right it's that primitive prehistoric part of the brain that is focused on survival so here's the deal that lizard brain that that never it's not like we shed the lizard brain it it's still actually there we just evolved with layered on brain matter that grew on top of the lizard brain so you know it's it's important to remember that when we're when we're beating ourselves up for feeling afraid is that we still it's still in there buried and it has a single purpose to keep us alive by alerting us to perceived threats and danger so if you think about it in prehistoric times that lizard brain was reacting to a threat in this immediate and automatic way so you know primal instincts like fear so when when there's the slightest hint of danger even now the lizard brain activates and it says, Hey, I got this. And it activates uh, flight, freeze or fight. Right. And that was a good thing back in the day when when we had a predator coming after us. Um, But you know, now here we are in this day and age when we have every possibility in the world of dream careers to go after, but our lizard brain only has two modes, safe or unsafe. Hmm. If it's safe, Um, It it lets the rest of your brain run the show. If it perceives unsafe, if it perceives unsafe, it's going to activate that fight or flight. So that's really, um, you know, here we are in this day and age, we're running around the planet with lizard brains, um, even though we're these evolved human beings with big hopes and dreams. So I think it's just really important to remember that the lizard brain is stubborn, it's overly risk averse. It, it it exaggerates every threat and it makes it seem bigger than it really is, which kept us alive back in the day, but but now it's limiting our personal growth, our happiness and higher goal achievement.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's a huge point and it's it's doing that, you know, The context of a world that relatively speaking is much safer than what it was 200 million years ago as well we were running from like woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers back then and they're not around anymore i mean we have other problems now don't get me wrong truth it's (laughs) relatively speaking to that time you're actually more likely to survive now and that lizard brain is still with us like you say
2: Yeah. And it's almost like we, we are responding with the same level of fear to, oh, I won't get that dream job. We're, we're internally responding Mm -hmm. the same way we would if the woolly mammoth was coming after us back in the day, which
1: is, you got to remember that, that that's there.
0: Yep. Totally. Makes total sense.
1: So you've mentioned a little bit about this, but why is it so important that we overcome these fears?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, and, and each, each of us has to answer that for ourselves. Um, I think just kind of holistically, you know, of course, this is coachy speak, but um, human existence. It's all about personal growth, happiness higher goal achievement. I mean, that's the I mean that's life. That's why we're here for this kind of stuff um, is, is finding fulfillment and love and joy, um, not staying stuck and trapped out of fear. Um, and, you know, I always tell people your dream job is on the other side of fear. It's right over that hump. Um, and And that's really what life's all about. But each of us has to kind of answer that for ourselves is why, why is that so important for me to overcome this fear? Cause we each probably have a very personal answer. True.
1: Yeah. yeah. And identifying that why can really be a motivator. Absolutely. Great point.
0: You may have hinted at this also, um, uh, but yeah, I'd be curious to know, how do you help people, clients, folks in your life, overcome the fears that you've talked about?
2: Yeah, so definitely, you know, I explore what works for the particular person I'm coaching, Mm -hmm. but I think just kind of, there's a couple, just for your listeners overall keys Mm -hmm. that people can kind of chew on and decide which of these could help, uh, could help them. Um, one is changing your relationship with bravery. So instead of, um, Oh, I'm afraid. and, And you're focused on the fear, change your relationship with bravery. So instead of, um, You know focusing on fear focus on the act of being brave Um, now I heard this in another podcast there is um, an author named Carolyn Paul and um, she used to be a firefighter so she was a a female firefighter and um, she she had this quote talking about when she was a firefighter she was scared um, but so were the men that, that she was working with. But she said, fear was not a reason to quit. I put my fear where it belonged, behind my feeling of focus, confidence, and courage. And then I headed with my crew into the burning building. So, you know, fear, we all experience it. But what's most important is how we respond to that fear. So, change your relationship to bravery. Um, is one, one thing that that um, your listeners could do. Another one is getting to the bottom of why you're afraid. And, and that's really important is to understand, um, you know, why is it that you feel that fear? It's from that place that you can start to actually challenge your inner saboteur, your limiting beliefs, your fears. So get, dig deep. I mean, that's what coaching is, right? Is we're getting to the bottom of the why Um, A third thing you can do is confront worst case scenario, right? So confront it head on because we just, in our brains, it's like um, the what ifs, the worst case, but just confront it. Look it dead in the face and say, what is the worst that can happen? Okay, cool. And if that happened, then what? And you know, instead of allowing that to remain unspoken, that keeps it paralyzed. That keeps it in power. Um, bring it to the surface and flip it. You know, draw out your plan of okay, if that happens, then I'll do this. Um, and then the last thing I would say that you could do is practice acts practice acts of micro bravery. Mm. So if you've ever heard of this concept of micro bravery, um, I know Tim Ferriss talks about it. So teaching yourself to be brave by taking small steps of action. So I think that it's a lot to think about tomorrow, I'm gonna wake up and quit my corporate job and become an entrepreneur, right? It's like practice small acts of micro bravery. Um, bravery can be learned. You can get good at it by practicing and taking small risk.
0: That's a huge point. The, all of those points were huge. In the last one, you mentioning the fact that bravery is something that is trainable. It's really like a skill. It sounds like you can flex it and build it like a muscle. That's definitely not a way I had sort of explicitly thought about that before. I thought that was super valuable that you just said that. I'm curious to know, like, what is the straw that breaks the camel's back? When someone comes to you as a potential client, what are the, what's the point that they're at in their life? Where they're like, I'm raising my hand. I'm calling Betty. It's time to make a change.
2: Yeah, so definitely different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'll start off by just sharing even my my own experience because I see other clients that that are dealing with this. You know, for me, um, being in the my corporate communications role, I didn't feel like it was a good fit, but I clung to it. I white knuckle clung to it, even though I knew deep down I wasn't meant to be doing that long term. Um, you know what it took for me was getting laid off. Mm-hmm. It, it took, I, you know, I hate to say it, it took, and I always tell people, You know as hard as it is to be laid off nobody wants to get laid off but it was a blessing for me um it forced me off the ledge that i was clinging to um and and i see that sometimes with my clients as well you know they'll they'll come to me after a layoff and really be talking about you know um i'm being introspective i don't know if i want to get back into that now i've now that i've been pushed out of it um sometimes i see people coming out of a toxic job or a toxic boss. Sometimes it's not as intense. Sometimes it's just what I call the hamster wheel of bad jobs. Mm -hmm. They're just on this hamster wheel. It's the same thing. It's like, what, I don't know, Groundhog's Day, right? It's just, there's no joy. So, um, but the quote that I love, I'm sure you guys have heard this um, coachy kind of quote, Tony Robbins, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Mm-hmm. Period. So true, and and I see that time and time again when people are kind of comfortable, cushy. Yeah, they're probably not gonna be inspired to leap into the unknown.
0: Yeah, so true. Yeah, discomfort has to be really attacked head on. I find if anyone wants to change anything in their life, it can be a major trap. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can think of it, I have a similar story and it was looking at my next jobs, looking at my next roles. Where do I go from here? And just dreading it. It's just like this yes. massive sense of dread and knowing that I can't do that anymore. So I love that quote as well.
2: Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. it's so that's your, your gut speaking to you, right? Mm-hmm. Those feelings are coming from somewhere and, and listening to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I actually, if I can add one last thing to that from my own personal experience, seeing as how we're sharing them, I love it. Uh, I had a moment where I realized that my perception of myself and the work that I was doing was dramatically different from the way the organization viewed me. And I was, I felt so bad in that moment. I was like, wow, how have I done this for so long and not noticed it? But that was, that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, changing gears.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yes. You have to have these revelations Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, the veil is lifted and I've got all these wizard of Oz references. It's like the the curtain is peeled back and you see the wizard
1: and you're like, Hey, right. That's not what I thought it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Now people have overcome their fear, they've used the tactics that you talked about or worked for the coach, and they're going for their dream job. How do people stay motivated? Because it can be such a up and down process. We use the Wizard of Oz metaphor. You know, you're you're walking down the yellow brick road. How do people stay motivated?
2: Yeah, so, you know, there's so many different, I guess, tactics you can use. For What I like to use, first of all, is I have clients create a list of whys like what is your why, right? Uh, now we're going to Simon Sinek, right? So what's your why? And I like to do that with people when they first come to me, because usually when they first come to me, they're, they're a little bit psyched, they're pumped. They're a little bit excited for this, this adventure, this journey, but we know that it's, it, it ain't easy. Career change is, is tough. So um, create that list of whys early on, right? Right when they come to me, um, why are you going after this dream job? And for every reason they list, I encourage them to dig deeper, right? Um, why are you going after this dream job? Well, I want to become an entrepreneur. Okay, cool. Why? Um, well, because I want to feel free. Why? Well, because I don't want to live under, under somebody else's thumb, right? You keep digging with each reason. You list each why. What's the why behind that? And what's the why, right? Peel back all those layers of the onion and um you know that's the kind of stuff that helps you remember when times are tough that there's something bigger going on here there's you know your your why is so powerful to keep you um motivated to keep going and i like to have my clients pin their their list of why's by their computer or some of my clients will input it into their phone as a reminder one why per day will pop up on their phone Mm, in the morning Whatever it takes to keep that front and center, um, and then the other thing I like to have people do is I have them write a letter to their future self. So mm-hmm. write a letter to your future self, and, and and when I say your future self, I'm talking about the self that might feel afraid, or frustrated, or challenged, or this is too hard. Write a letter to that person um, so that you know you can tuck that letter away. And when you need that letter, you can unfold it and reread it, right? And remind yourself hmm. it's, you're coaching yourself here. What a
1: cool idea. Yeah,
0: Great exercises. Cool.
1: What is the most fun that you've had in your career so far?
2: So I, I don't know if every guest says this, but it's true that it is happening right now. Hmm. I mean, this is it. This is the most fun I have ever had in my career. I'm an entrepreneur, um, which I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just it's definitely it's for me, right? And so my thing is just find your passion and step into that. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a coach. Um, I'm coaching my favorite types of clients. Um, you know, now my focus is on corporate people that are exiting um, the corporate world and the nine to five, and they want to build. A successful coaching business. Um, so I'm, I'm walking people through this program I've developed. I call it the five C's of building a six-figure coaching business. And it's just literally what I did my first year in business to get to six figures. That's it. I'm walking people through that. So it's so fun. It, it's incredibly fun and I'm obsessed with business building um, and I'm obsessed with my clients.
0: Hmm. Amazing. Cool.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people will face some sort of risk in their career or, you know, can be taking some sort of risk. So what's the biggest risk that you've taken in your career so far and how did it turn out?
2: Yeah, so if I think back, um, you know, I've taken, I've taken numerous, I've, I've moved around a lot for different jobs um but i remember you know one of the most recent corporate jobs i had i moved to a big new expensive city to take this big shiny job my dream role which i thought it was at this major headquarters and i got laid off and um i had this severance money and you know i i had a choice that was my fork in the road and i could have definitely tucked my tail between my legs and I easily could have gotten another corporate job that was not a good fit and made me miserable. But instead, I I actually took that severance and I invested a huge chunk of it in my coach certification at IPAC, um, which was scary. Mm -hmm. It was really scary to take that money and put it there when I wasn't quite sure if it would pay off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I used the rest of that severance. I hired a web designer, I built, you know, I invested I invested it in this dream. Um, and you know, obviously it was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, I I was able to pull my corporate salary again after the first year in business and even more than the money, it's just, I am happy. Hmm. That's huge.
0: Totally.
1: So inspiring too.
0: Very inspiring. It really sounds like, like you said, the dream job, the dream life, lives on the other side of fear. And it really comes out really nicely in that story. Thanks for sharing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not to say, you know, if I, you know, had a tough time my first year, that still wouldn't have been the end of my dream, right? I just would have pivoted and and found a different way of Mm -hmm. doing things. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. Also good to know for sure for the people who are just totally frozen, stuck on making a decision. And it's like, no, you can... it doesn't work the first time you can redirect. You have more life ahead of you. Yeah. What's the best piece of career advice that you've ever received?
2: Yeah. So I think just back to the topic of, um, of this podcast is my favorite book, uh, feel the fear and do it anyways, Hmm. feel the fear and do it anyways. It's by Susan Jeffries. Um, it's a, quick read and easy read. Um, but that book has pumped me up for every crazy career decision I've ever made is just to feel it, accept it and move forward.
0: Hmm. Cool. We'll definitely throw, definitely throw a link to that book in our show notes for this episode. No questions asked. Where can people find out more about you, Betty?
2: Yeah. So you can visit me on Betty Um, just, like my name is spelled K-E-M-P-A. And also if you are either a coach or if you're a corporate um, person that is looking to become a coach, you can join my free Facebook group for coaches. It's called, um, you can find it sixfigurecoachingbusiness.group, sixfigurecoachingbusiness.group.
0: Amazing, so cool. Thank you so much for your time. It has been awesome to hear your story, to hear your client stories to hear about the journeys that people go through, because it's a story that is shared or could be shared by a lot of people right now listening. Uh, just appreciate you being with us. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Such a blast. Thanks so much. You guys.
0: Amazing. Thank you. We'll call it at that for this week on the career builders podcast. I'm Mike bird.
1: I'm Lisa Plain.
0: We hope you are well staying healthy, staying safe. And we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.